You know, uh, employing the principles we're teaching Wednesday nights on faith and prayer, in 2023, I got my entire list knocked out on my body, but one thing. And uh, it's something that Satan did when I was about eight years old. You know, they call it genetics, and people accept it. Isn't it funny how when you slap a label on something, people accept it? And my mom didn't know anything about the authority of the believer. Uh, she didn't know anything about Colossians 2.15, Galatians 3.13. She didn't know that this was listed in the curse of the law. The church I attended was in that day probably one of the greatest churches in America, but I don't remember ever being taught the authority of the believer or how that we have been redeemed from the curse of the law. It was a couple of decades later. We heard this from Kenneth Hagin, senior, the one that went to be with the Lord in 2003. So I'm down to one thing on my list. And somehow when I got up this morning, there was a militancy in my heart that I'm not giving the devil an inch for the rest of my life. He's not going to run me. He's not going to run me in my body. He's not going to run me in my labor. He's not going to run me in my money. I give him no quarter. And uh, so the last few days, Austin was put, put me onto a car, you know, latest, greatest, whatever. So I'm looking at that. I test drove it. You know, man, it'll pin your ears to the back of your head. It's all so great. But I woke up this morning. I thought, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to take that $150,000 and I'm going to give it into the kingdom of God. And I'm going to just see what God will do. I want to be clear about two things, and this is huge. You cannot buy a miracle. So don't go out of here and lie on me. You cannot buy a miracle. It is a seed faith gift. But you cannot buy a miracle. The second thing I was going to say will come to me. So, sister... And Sue's got something she's believing God for. So how about crazy faith? Amen. And let us just see what God will do. Yes. Amen. Amen. So two things I was going to say about that. First, you cannot buy a miracle. It'll come to me before I get done with my message. So, uh, Eli, bring a bucket. I want to get this out of my hand. Hallelujah. Now, if you're new, don't be offended. That pastor's got $150,000. Lord God, we're way past that. You know, I've been saving money since 1989. I've, I live under the blessing of the Lord. The point is that rather than spend it on something that is worse, a depreciating item. Put it where thief does not steal and rust and moth do not corrupt. And so it is a seed, a seed faith for what we are believing God for. And sister, let us just see what God will do. Hallelujah. We need some more crazy faith in this place. Amen. And rather than put our hands, put our trust in man, oh my goodness, oh my goodness. You know, 
when David came under judgment, I think it was Nathan showed up and said, thou art the man. Nope, that was a different event. This was when he broke one of the commandments and did a census and counted the fighting men, counted the chariots, counted the horses. And God, the prophet of God, gave David a choice. And David said, well, <laughs> I don't trust man. I'm not gonna put myself in the hands of man. I'm gonna put myself in the hands of the Lord and he will have mercy on me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So let us believe God and let us give Satan no quarter, not in our bodies, not in our homes, not in our families and run him out. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now you might be here this morning. Now why did you do that now instead of the offering? <laughs> because I've been doing this a while and I know that the message will have greater power if I get some money on it before I, I give it. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. And, uh, and I know this. Take action, take action, take action. Hallelujah. Tell your neighbor, take action, take action, take action. When you don't know what to do, take action. And I'll tell you what, if the devil's been lying to you, and if, if the devil's not been lying to you, well, you're lying. So if the devil's been lying to you, man, you just gotta, you gotta rebuke re fear, rebuke uh, unbelief. These are spirits. And run him out of your mind, run him out of your life, amen? And walk in the victory. That's what I intend to do. Amen. Because you know the devil's always talking. Lester Summerall told me, don't ever confess you're tired. Don't ever confess you're old. Of course, he was about 15 years older than I am right now when he said that. And so these lies from the world come to us. Well, you're getting older. Well, 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 well. Genetics, DNA, and all of that stuff. Look, those are lies. The only thing that is true is the Word of God. The Word of God, the Word of God, the Word of God. So we stand and we, we do what Jesus did. We run the devil off by quoting the word to him. Can I get an amen? amen? Amen. Well, stand up. Let's make our confession of faith. We'll get into the word this morning. We're still in this series, Miracles of the New Testament. This is my Bible. It is the word of God. And it is the will of God for my life. I am who the word says I am. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. I'm where the word says I am, seated right now in the heavenly realms, in Christ Jesus, in the place of authority, dominion, and power. I have what the word says I have. All the blessings of Abraham are mine, and I can do what the word says I can do. I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. Today my mind is alert. My spirit is receptive. So I'm taught the word of God. My life has changed for the better and I will never be the same again. Amen, you may be seated. So we're still in this series, Miracles of the New Testament. We come to miracle number 43 by our reckoning. Peter raises Tabitha to life. I believe 2024 is a year of miracles at Faith Christian Center. I believe that if we will take action and enter into worship with all of our strength and with all of our might. I believe that if we'll confess God's word, believe God's word, take action on God's word, we will see more miracles in 2024 than we did in 2023. And we saw miracles all through the year. We received testimonies of healings all through the year. We received testimonies of financial miracles all through the year. But 2024 is going to be stronger. The anointing is going to be stronger. The word is going to be stronger. And the results are going to be stronger. I said in December that 2024 will be a year of doubling. With God, all things are possible. Not only are all things possible with God, <laughs> tell your neighbor, pay attention. Not only are all things possible with God, all things are possible to him that believeth. I said, not only are all things possible with God, 
all things are possible to him that believeth. However, that requires that we do our part. On Vision Sunday, January 7, I challenged all of us to do these four things in 2024. <coughs> Be in church every time the doors are open. When you're in town, I understand being out of town. Be on time. Worship the Lord with all of your strength and with all of your enthusiasm. Tell somebody about Jesus at least every month. And pray for someone who's sick in person at least every month. And I said, if you will do these things in 2024, a year from now, you will not even believe how your life has changed for the better. Now, in 2023 and in this early part of 2024, we're marching through the miracles of the New Testament and we're looking for patterns and principles because if God's people could learn to look for and then apply principles and patterns they see in the miracles of the New Testament, not just in the New Testament, but miracles of the Bible, they could live their lives and hardly have an unmet need. The message today is Peter raises Tabitha or Dorcas to life, and this is miracle number 43 by our reckoning. As I said, 2023 was a year of miracles, and we're believing for more and even greater miracles in 2024. And you can live a life of miracles, friend. You can write your own ticket with God with four simple steps of faith. Say it, do it, receive it, and tell it. And that telling thing is becoming more important here at Faith Christian Center. I say that based on the testimonies we're receiving. Back in 2019, Austin and I did a series we called How to Write Your Own Ticket with God. And we talked about using four steps to write a ticket of victory. Say it, do it, receive it, and then tell it. And we said that if anybody at any time will take these four steps or put these four principles into operation, they will always receive whatever they want from the Lord Jesus Christ or from Father God. And it is astounding how in this series, we come, at, we come up uh, to it again today, it is astounding how in this series, Miracles of the New Testament, we see these same four steps in a lot of these miracles. Step number one is say it. Sometimes the person needing the miracle says something. For example, the woman with the issue of blood. The Bible says that when she came up and she was getting ready to touch the hem of his garment, she said something. Other times, it isn't the person who needs a miracle who says something. For example, in the miracle today, we're going to see that it's sometimes a man of God who says something, and then there is a response of faith. So we're still talking about saying, doing, receiving, and telling. And all over the Bible, you see these four steps employed or two or three of these steps employed before miracles happen. So this was given to us. The Word of God was given to us, not just to gather dust on the coffee table at home, but so that we could dig into it and find the answer that we need. Now, positive or negative, it is up to you, up to the individual, according to what the individual says and does for them to also receive. Now, these four steps of faith are simple. People make things hard when they don't have to be hard. These four steps are so simple, people can miss it or they can have a, a wrong attitude. And let me say something else about this because I spent the last two and a half weeks getting ready for the Holy Week Revival 2024. And let me say that those are days you don't want to miss. You just need to set aside that Sunday through Friday night, Palm Sunday to Good Friday 2024, and be here. We're going to have day sessions on prayer, but you want to be here for sure in the evening. I, I don't think I've ever studied anything in my life that changed me in real time like this did in the last two and a half weeks. I mean, I was dumbfounded. <clears throat> but one of the things I saw that I think that I learned early that I let go of was this, attitude, this thing of attitude, but also Satan talking to us. Because Satan's talking to us all the time. And Satan's not just talking to us spiritually or by planning thoughts in our mind, but he talks to us through wrong relationships. And now that's all worse with social media. And so all these thoughts come to our mind that maybe God's a liar or maybe Jesus is a liar or maybe God's word is no good or all these thoughts. Or how about this one? 
uh, maybe the Lord's holding something against you. And so he's not answering you because he's holding something against you. Listen, this is all Romans 12, 1 and 2. Man, we got to cast down vain imaginations. We've got to identify the lie and we got to cast down the vain imagination and we got to resist. I mean, actively resist. You can't just try and push it out of your mind. That doesn't work. In my own life, I got to open my mouth and I got to say something out loud. I have to open my mouth and say out loud, Satan, that's a lie. And I rebuke it and resist it in Jesus' name. And you guys do, do not miss the power lunch, March 2, because the topic is going to be mind games. And I'm going to talk about how that this is one of the primary ways Satan stops us and arrests us is in the thought life. And we have got to get a handle, not just on the mouth, but we've got to get a handle on the mind. Because a lot of times, I think in my own life, I mean, when I was a young man, I taught Romans 12, 1 and 2 as much as anybody. But I think in my own life, I, I, I focused on the mouth and entertained things in the mind. And this is where we get defeated, friends. We entertain thoughts contrary to the word of God in our minds. It's like nursing a baby. I mean, you know what I'm saying? It's like a pet. And we entertain fear and we entertain unbelief and we entertain doubt and we entertain failure in our thought life. And then we wonder why our prayers are not getting answered the way we read in the Bible, they ought to be answered. Well, it's because we're not doing Joshua 1.8. We're not doing Romans 12.1 and 2. We are entertaining defeat while we're praying victory. We're entertaining defeat while we're confessing victory. And we see from the Word of God that simply will not work. So when I say have a wrong attitude, you can have a wrong attitude while you're praying a faith prayer. Because the devil will talk to you. <laughs> Anybody know what I'm talking about? The, the devil will talk to you and he'll say, well, God's not answering you because he has ought against you. God's not answering you because of what you did in 1965. God's not answering you uh, because he's, got, he's holding a grudge against you. My God, all of this is contrary to the Bible. The Bible says the mercies of God are what? New every morning. Hallelujah. So you could have a wrong attitude. No, my attitude is I want all God has for me. I want to walk in greater blessing, greater favor, and greater increase in 2024. Can I get an amen? amen? So I have ears to hear, listen, pay attention, take notes, listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit, and be willing to take action and take greater action. 10, 20, 24, in a better place, you must take responsibility for your life and circumstances, evaluate, take action, take greater action. Say it out loud. My days of defeat are over. My days of lack are over. My days of sickness are over. I'm lifting up my eyes. I'm believing God for more in 2024. Not only that, I'm not going to entertain thoughts of failure, defeat, unbelief. I am going to press on. My dreams and desires are coming to pass in 2024. Amen. Now in Acts chapter 9, Saul, the persecutor of the church, has been miraculously converted. On the road to Damascus, he had an encounter with the risen, resurrected Christ of Nazareth. So Saul has now become Paul, and he was now preaching fearlessly and speaking boldly in the name of Jesus. That's all in Acts chapter 9. Luke tells us in 931, then the church throughout Judea, Galilee, and Samaria enjoyed a time of peace. It was strengthened and encouraged by the Holy Spirit. It grew in numbers living in the fear of the Lord. In 2024, don't just pray for your own needs, pray for others. Tell someone else about Jesus at least every other month and pray for someone else to be healed in person at least once a month. And also pray 
that we would see many people come to a saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ in 2024. Pray that we would see many baptized, many filled with the Holy Spirit, and many discipled in 2024. Pray that in 2024 we would have a time of peace and that we would be strengthened and encouraged by the Holy Spirit, that we would grow in numbers and live in the fear of the Lord. Because death is coming and hell is coming with him. <laughs> the days are short. And we don't have time. That's why I'm encouraging you to take greater action and go to war on anything the devil is messing with in your life. Don't let him set up shop in your home, in your family, in your children, in your body. There's not enough time to play around anymore. The days are short and the days are evil. After a time of persecution, the church enjoyed a time of peace and growth and amazing miracles continued to happen. Acts chapter 9, verse 36 in Joppa, there was a disciple named Tabitha, which when translated as Dorcas, who is always doing good and helping the poor. Now again, you cannot buy a miracle. So her doing good and helping the poor didn't buy her a miracle. We'll see this. About that time, she became sick and died. So somebody who was doing good and somebody who was helping the poor, well, she became sick and died. You cannot go to God on the basis that I gave this money or I did these good works, now heal me. You can only go to God on the basis of, I believe your word, now do it. You said in your word, now do it. Amen. About that time, she became sick and died, and her body was washed and placed in an upstairs room. Now, this miracle is so familiar to anybody who does the annual Bible reading because when you read about this miracle, your, your mind will automatically take you back to Elisha and the dead son. Your mind will automatically take you to Jairus' daughter. But if you, don't, if you don't ever do the annual Bible reading, when you read the word, it's all blind to you. It's all brand new. But if you look up these miracles I'm talking about, you'll see a pattern. Now I would recommend not waiting until somebody croaks to try the pattern. I would recommend using the principles on the little nuisance health issues of life and prove it out. Amen. Prove it out to yourself. Amen? Amen? I'm not trying to be unkind. <laughs> I think sometimes people get irritated with me telling about miracles and testimonies, but, you know, Kenneth Hagin, I learned more from Kenneth Hagin than all the other fathers in the faith I had put together, the one that went to be with the Lord in 2003, and he used to say this, if you're attending a church and the pastor is not rehearsing answers to prayer and healings and miracles that that pastor is experiencing, then you ought to run. Because if God's not answering his prayers and you're sitting there listening to them, well, what are the chances of God hearing and answering your prayers? And so... In teaching on Wednesday nights on faith and prayer, I just began utilizing those principles and I had a list. It wasn't that many months ago. I mean, I had a list of things that I was believing God for in my physical mortal body and I'm down to one. And now it's become evident to me that we get what we tolerate. So why don't we just stop tolerating? Amen. Well, that's not that big a thing. I can put up with that. You know, mom had that. That's genetic. Stop all that. That's, that's the way man talks. We need, to, we need to renew our minds to the word of God so we can begin to talk like God talks. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So that's my point. Don't wait till somebody dies to try and use these patterns. Use these patterns now on the little nuisance issues and run the devil out of your life and run the devil out of your body and learn how it works. You know, I've encouraged you over the years to do this with money, but we need to do this with our bodies as well. Find out how it works. Amen. Amen. Prove it out. Run the, and, 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 and run the devil out. Don't let him set up shop in your body. <coughs> Don't let him set up shop in your business. Don't let him set up shop in your, your children. Run him out. The thief cometh not but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But Jesus said, I have come that they might have life and that they might have life more abundantly. Lydda was near Joppa, so when the disciples heard that Peter was in Lydda, they sent two men to him and urged him, please come at once. Peter went with them, and when he arrived, he was taken upstairs to the room. All the windows stood around, all the widows stood around him, crying and sh showing him the robes and other clothing that Dorcas had made while she was still with him. There's nothing wrong with that, but the point is, her good works didn't save her. And the point is, they were in mourning, very similar to the death of Jairus' daughter. Peter sent them all out of the room. The biggest miracles of the Bible have this in common. Anyone with any lack of faith was sent out. And do not miss the Holy Week Revival 2024 because I'm going to talk about this, that we defeat ourselves by what we entertain. And when I say entertain, it could be your Facebook buddies. It could be your relatives. Voices that say things contrary to the written word of God. So when Jairus appealed to Jesus to come and pray for his daughter, at that point he didn't know she was dead, didn't know she was dead till they got there, and then the mourners and the wailers and the flutes and all the commotion was going on. He only took three with him, Peter, James, and John. And then the Bible specifically says on that occasion, he ran the others out of the house, had to get them out of the house. There's a lady sitting here this morning. I was called upon many years ago to pray for her father. He was in the hospital. And uh, you know, I had two problems. There were people in the room. I said, well, I, I, and, and then also he was not a believer. But anyway, so I said, well, he said, aren't you gonna pray for me? I said, no. I said, I just came to, you know, see how you're doing, check on you. I got to get all the, if I'm going to pray, I got to get these people out of here. And then I said, you're not a believer. Somebody might think poorly of me for all of this, but he gave his life to Christ. He came out of that hospital and he lived many years as a Christian. Amen. You cannot do big things in a doubt-filled environment. And it's not so much that we're, we're creating a doubt-filled environment, although, although we could, but we entertain doubt 
Well, that's my friend. <laughs> I'm believing God for things. And, and somebody being my friend is at the end of my priority list. At the front of my priority list is what I'm believing God for. Yeah, but that's my, you know, that's my third wife's mother. I just don't have time for it. You have to get doubt out of the room. And you have to get doubt out of your mind. You have to rebuke it. How many of you can see that doubt does not come from God? If doubt does not come from God, what is the other source that it's possible for doubt to come from? So we have to get rid of it. Amen? All the widows stood around him crying and showing him the robes and the other clothing that Dorcas had made while she was still with them. Let me say one more thing about this verse. You cannot afford to get hung up in sentimentality. There's no power in sentimentality. Peter sent them all out of the room. Then he got down on his knees and prayed. Well, why did he do that? Well, he was seeking direction on this particular occasion. See, if we want Bible results, then we have to learn from Jesus and from those who walked with Jesus. If you want Bible results, then you've got to do things the Bible way. Acts 9, verse 40, Peter sent them all out of the room. Then he got down on his knees and prayed. And then, number one, here's the pattern. Peter said it. Turning toward the dead woman, he said, Tabitha, get up. Now, you know, I know, God knew. Dead people can't get up. But we saw this with Lazarus. Apparently, they can. <laughs> Apparently, they can. He said, Tabitha, get up. Number two, Tabitha did it. She opened her eyes, and seeing Peter, she sat up. Peter prayed. Peter got direction. Then Peter gave a word of command, a rhema Christos. It's bold prayers that get bold results. I don't think I've ever in my entire life seen a milk toast prayer bring a miracle. And a lot of prayers are prayed to protect the reputation of the preacher or the person praying. You see, we're going to get into this in the Holy Week Revival 2024, but if somebody prays for the sick, says, Lord, if it be thy will, then heal this child, and the child is not healed, well, it's not the preacher's fault. It's God's fault. Because God's so terrible, he didn't want to heal that child. Can you see that? That's a weak prayer. Actually, that is an unbiblical prayer. We'll get into this in the Holy Week Revival. Say it out loud. Weak prayers never bring miracles. Say this. Weak prayers never get big results. So Peter prayed, Peter got direction, and he gave this word of command. Tabitha's spirit returned to her body. How do we know Tabitha's spirit returned to her body? Well, she opened her eyes. But she still had to obey. <laughs> See, this is after the death, burial, and resurrection. This is not something that happened in the Old Testament. See, just a few months before this, if this believer had died she would have ended up in paradise. But this is after the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. She's, she's not in paradise. She's in heaven. She could have come back and said, I ain't coming back. <laughs> but Peter said, get up. So she still had to obey. No matter what the sickness was, no matter what she had faced, she still had, the, had, she had to have the will to live. Man, you got to have some fight in you. If you don't think you're in a fight, you're not paying attention. 
Seeing Peter, she sat up. Number three, Tabitha received it. He took her by the hand and helped her to her feet. How about in 2024, rather than run around judging everybody, how about rather than run around talking about everybody, how about in 2024, we offer people a helping hand? He took her by the hand and helped her to her feet. Then he called the believers and the widows and presented her to them alive. <laughs> Number four, everybody told it. And that's what we need. Look, there's no super duper politician going to come and save you. I don't know if you figured it out, but the culture, she gone to hell. And we have three guys running for president and all three are pro-trans. And they call that a choice. Tell your neighbor, he back. And tell, tell the neighbor on the other side, he's back and he's throwing hand grenades. And they call that a choice. That's like, well, would you rather have syphilis or gonorrhea or, uh, <laughs> or <laughs> tuberculosis? <laughs> the only hope, the only hope, the only hope is Jesus and revival and a great awakening by the Holy Spirit of the living God. Can you see that? No politicians coming to save us. That's a pipe dream. No, no, no. We need God. Amen. And at least we can count on God. At least God doesn't lie to us 24-7, 365. Everybody told it. Lift both hands and say, everybody told it. This became known all over Joppa, and many people believed in the Lord. Signs and wonders are how God advertises to a lost and a hurting world. And more than any generation, this is a lost and a hurting generation. The great healing evangelist Raymond T. Ritchie used to say that healing is God's dinner bell. What should be the result of miracles and answered prayer? Many people believing in the Lord. That's what it's about. That's what it's about. What is the purpose of miracles and signs and wonders? People coming to a saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is Bible, Book of Acts, Christianity. Now notice the end result of this miracle. People saw and turned to the Lord. That's Acts 9, 35. And many people believed in the Lord. That's verse 42. Friends, I believe that in 2024, like the early church, God wants us to have a time of peace. He wants us to have a time of being strengthened and encouraged by the Holy Spirit. And he wants us to have a time of growth as we live in the fear of the Lord. So live a life of answered prayer. Live a life of miracles. You can write your own ticket with God by saying it, doing it, receiving it, and telling it. And as God blesses you, and as God answers you, as God does mighty miracles in your life, don't just keep it all to yourself. Don't get into this bless me club mentality. Every answer to prayer is yours to use to evangelize the lost. Every miracle you get in your body is a gift to you to use to tell people about Jesus. Tell others. Tell others about the goodness of God. Tell others about the love of God. Tell others about the grace of God. Tell others about his healing power. Tell others about Jesus, that he lived for him and died for them, that he paid the price for their sins, and that he is not in the grave, but that he is risen, he is alive, and he still does miracles today. Tell others that Jesus still saves today. Tell others that Jesus still heals today. Tell others that Jesus still delivers today. Tell others that Jesus still blesses today. Tell others, tell others, tell others, tell others, tell others, tell others, tell others. Tell others.
If we will all do a better job telling others, then many, many will see and turn to the Lord in 2024. If we will all do a better job of telling others, then many people will believe in the Lord in 2024. And listen, it is just this simple. It is just math. The reason the country is in the mess it's in is because the churches have let down on doing their job. If we would all do a better job of telling others, then 2024 will be a time of peace, a time of being strengthened and encouraged by the Holy Spirit, and a time of great growth as we live in the fear of the Lord. And I have something else to say on this. We're believing God for a doubling in 2024. How can we believe God for a doubling if we are of no use or value to his kingdom? So I would say on top of tell others, tell others, tell others, I would say get busy, get busy, get busy. Amen. Amen. And make yourself valuable to the king. You know, my first little job in the ministry, they paid me the phenomenal salary, unbelievable, the phenomenal salary of $1,000 a month. But I was... uh, I was doing things, you know, that others weren't doing, man. I was reading Napoleon Hill, man. I was reading especially W. Clement Stone. You know, I was listening to Zig Ziglar tapes. And what I learned was, what I heard those men say was, I mean, you'd never hear this in church, not in those days, but what I heard was, if you make yourself invaluable to the boss, you'll get every promotion and you'll make more and more and more money. And that's what I did. Three and a half years later, when I resigned there and soon I went off to be missionaries in Kenya, next to the senior pastor, I was the highest paid person there. I wonder if that principle might work over here in the kingdom of God. Make myself invaluable to the boss. Kenneth Hagin had a Sunday school superintendent that was gonna die And he went to the Lord on this basis. He said, Lord, I need him. And Lord, if I need him, you need him. When Betty Price got cancer, that's the way Fred Price went to the Lord about it. He said, Lord, I need her. And if I need her, you need her. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So make yourself invaluable to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Get busy, get busy, get busy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And he'll bless you. Well, are you saying we can buy a blessing? No. But I know one thing. I know one thing above all else. God's intelligent. Amen? And if I'm busy about his work, he's going to see it, and he's going to understand that he needs me, and he's going to keep me going. In fact, he's reminding me while I'm speaking to you. I'm out of time, but I haven't been here in three weeks, so who cares? Nineteen eighty-two. I'd have been twenty-six years old. We come home from a home group meeting, and uh, you know I was a little chubby in those days, so I'm in the refrigerator looking for a snack after this home group meeting. And uh, the Lord spoke to me. He said, "Tomorrow you begin a forty-day fast." Now, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. The Lord didn't tell you that, but that's what He told me. That I think that was early nineteen eighty-two. And so I, I started, I'd never done that. 39th day, 39th day, I'm in the back bedroom of that little house, that little starter house, and I'm on my face on the carpet and I'm praying, and I heard these words, stand up, for I will demand of thee. I stood up, and I got the marching orders for my entire life in moments. One thing he told me, he said, from this day to your last day, he said, you work for no man. From this day to your last day, he said, you work for me. Something else he said was, he said, win the lost, win the lost, win the lost. He said, if you will do this, he said, I will keep you going like a well-oiled machine. And that's why we do things the way we do. Because, and that all lines up with the Bible You can find all that, various passages in the Bible. And so I just followed instructions. 
When I saw him in 1985, he gave me some more instructions. He said, teach my people faith. That's why I'm doing what I'm doing. I'm just, I'm not in charge here. I'm just doing what I was told. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I didn't write that book. You don't like part of the book? Too bad. Take it up with the author. I didn't write it. <laughs> Amen. I'm just reporting faithfully as I know how on what it says. Amen. 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 So tell it, tell others, tell others, tell others, tell others, and get busy, get busy, get busy, get busy. Find something for your hands to do for Jesus. The days are short. Now, right now in heaven, if we could go talk to people in heaven and we could ask them, do you wish you did more for the Lord or less? There's nobody that would say they wish they had done less for the Lord. And if we could ask them in heaven, do you wish you could have given more money or less money? There's nobody in heaven that would say, I wish I'd given less. I gave too much. Not one person. They all see it. But we don't have to die to see it. We can see it here. Make yourself valuable to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Hallelujah. And he will bless your life. And he will answer you when you call on him. Hallelujah. Let's bow our heads. You may be here this morning and you've never made Jesus your Lord and Savior. That's what it's about. All this information we're giving these people, well, most of these people are saved. They're born again. So we have a duty. We have an obligation to teach them what the Word of God says so they know how to live, so they can live in the blessed life that God wants them to live. But if you're here this morning and you have never taken that first step, well, that's what's important, to make Jesus Christ the Lord and the Savior of your life. Jesus said in John chapter 3, you must be born again. He didn't say it was a good idea. He didn't say it was highly recommended. He said, you must be born again. In Revelation 3, it says, he stands at the door and knocks. If anyone hears his voice and opens the door, he will come in and fellowship with them and he with them. How many this morning would say, Pastor, I've been in church, I've heard the word of God preached, but I've never personally, I've never individually made Jesus Christ my Lord and my Savior, but I want to do so this morning. If that's you this morning and you want to be included in this prayer, I want you to lift the hand up, lift it up high enough to where I can see it. We're going to pray. Pastor, I want to be saved. Pastor, I want to be born again. Pastor, I want to be forgiven of my sins. Pray for me. I want to be included in this prayer. If that's you, lift the hand up. We're going to pray. Yes, sir. Others this morning? Yes, back there. Any others? Thank you. You may put your hands down. There, there are others here, I'm sure, and you're away from the Lord. You're backslid. Now, you didn't mean to backslide. But we talked about the enemy this morning. And so there's this enemy out there and he sees to it that we come across old friends from the past or we're exposed to old habits from the past or various things that would take us backwards instead of forwards in our walk with God. But the word says, remember in the, in the message, I said the mercies of God are new every morning. That's from the book of Lamentations. But the Bible also says in 1 John 1, 9, that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. How many this morning would say, Pastor, that's me. I'm away from God. I, I know I have not been living for the Lord like I should, but I don't want to live like that anymore. I want to, I want to repent. I want to turn. I want to renew my commitment to God, and I want to live for him from this day to my last day. If that's you this morning, wherever you are, lift a hand up, lift it up high enough to where I can see it. Yes, any others? We're going to pray. Everybody in the room, let's stand. Let's give an opportunity for people to get past us, get into the aisles, make their way to the front. If you raise your hand for either invitation, I want you to gather your belongings in hand. That way you're not thinking about your stuff. You're thinking about what God is going to do in your life this morning. I want you to gather your belongings in hand. I want you to join me here at the front. We're going to pray. And if you're here this morning and you did not raise your hand for either invitation, but the Lord is tugging at your heart, that's the way it works. He doesn't tug at your mind. He doesn't tug at your body. He tugs at your heart. And if you're here this morning and the Lord's tugging at your heart, calling you to make a move and commit your life to God or recommit your life to God, take action, take action, take action. Hallelujah. Because as we saw in the miracle this morning, it's when we take action that God moves in our hearts and our lives. Everybody, yes, thank you.
You're welcome. If I was in Kenya, I'd say Karibu. Amen. You're welcome. Amen. Anybody else? All right. Yeah. Come on. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How about in 2024, we get busy and we win them and win them and win them and win them. Amen. For the sake of these that have come forward, let's pray this prayer out loud together. Father God, I thank you for Jesus. I thank you for his sacrifice and what he did for me. I come before you this morning and I confess that I have, I have made a mess of everything and I, I've gone astray, but I've heard the word and faith has come. And so I give you my life in Jesus' holy name. I ask that you would forgive me of my sins. Wash me, cleanse me, purify me, sanctify me. Take out of my heart any anger, any bitterness, any unforgiveness, anything that would hinder me in my walk with you. I give you my life. I believe in my heart, Father God, that you raised Jesus from the dead and I confess with my mouth, Jesus is Lord of all. Now I thank you, Father God, for not rejecting me, but for receiving me unto yourself and into your family. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. I have a book I want to give you if you go with Mr. Jeff Hughes. We'll get you right back in the service as quick as we can. Hallelujah. How about we win them and tell them and then tell them and win them, amen? And then when we get done doing all that, tell them and win them, amen? And if every church in America would do the same, we, that would bring a change, amen? And we can't do that for everybody else, but we can do it on our turf. We can do our part on our turf, amen?